Hey everyone, Craig Baird here. Before I begin today's story, I want to take a moment and ask that you check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There are several tiers with great benefits, from ad-free content to t-shirts and other cool stuff. And I have plenty of wonderful merch in my store, and the link is in my show notes. As well, if you're a fan of Canadian history, make sure you check out all of my shows, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Canada, A Yearly Journey, and Pucks and Cups, along with Canada's Great War. And don't forget, you can also donate directly to the show at www.canadaehx.com. Just click Donate. It helps keep this show going. Okay, on with the show. I'm Craig Baird, and this is Canada's Great War. We're on the last episode of the season, so I hope you guys have enjoyed the season, and we'll be back in a few months. But before we go on, we're going to be talking about Samuel Simpson Sharp. Samuel Sharp was born in Zephyr, Ontario, the son of Irish immigrants George and Marianne Sharp on March 13, 1873. As a child, he was known for his enthusiasm, which his friends said was contagious to everyone else. He was always involved in games and clubs as he grew up in his hometown of Uxbridge, where his father ran a hotel. With an interest in the military, a young Samuel Sharp joined the 34th Ontario Regiment at the age of 16. He would remain with the regiment for some time, rising to the rank of major. He attended the University of Toronto and Osgoode Hall, graduating in 1895, and was called to the Ontario Bar. He soon became an elder in the local Methodist church and a master at the Masonic Lodge. In 1903, he married Mabel Crosby. After his marriage, he practiced law in Uxbridge and served as the town solicitor for a decade. Then, in 1908, he was elected to the House of Commons, representing the Conservative Party. In 1911, he was re-elected. After the 1911 election, Sir Robert Borden, the Prime Minister at the time, considered appointing Samuel Sharp as the Minister of Militia and Defence, but in the end he chose Sam Hughes, who we talked about in the first season. Sharp and Hughes were not friendly to each other before or after 1911. They often clashed over militia policy, and Sharp found Hughes to be far too abrasive in his personal style. When the First World War broke out, Sharp was passed over for a command position despite his experience, and was not part of the first contingent that was sent overseas in 1914. One main reason for this was the open dislike between Hughes and Sharp, and since Hughes essentially controlled the military at that point, he prevented Sharp from serving. The Ottawa Journal wrote, when war broke out, Major Sharp volunteered at once and went to Valcartier, and there arose a dispute with him and the Minister of Militia, with, with the result that Major Sharp was not given a command. For Sharp, he worried that this would impact his reputation in the country. As it turned out, some newspapers questioned why he was not enlisting, not realizing Hughes was preventing it. On September 1, 1914, the editor of the Uxbridge Journal stated that some captains and majors were hiding behind their wives since the outbreak of the war. Sharp at the time was a major, and he took great issue with this. Sharp had made several passionate speeches in the House of Commons about the war, and in response to reading the article, he grabbed a horsewhip and went to the editor to chastise him. The Calgary Albertan stated, The major seems more at home with a horsewhip than with a rifle. The Albertan has not heard that Major Sharp was among those going to war, and his attitude towards the editor rather indicates he is not on the way. Finally, though, in November 1915, Hughes authorized Sharp to raise a battalion of troops from Ontario County, especially his hometown of Uxbridge. This led to the formation of the 116th Battalion, with several members personally recruited by Sharp himself. Sharp was also promoted to Lieutenant Colonel and made Commanding Officer of the Regiment. 
The recruiting campaign was incredibly successful, resulting in 700 men in only three weeks. The post office became a military recruiting center while a guardhouse was also built. The rifle range was used for practicing and private homes were turned into sleeping quarters for the recruits. Sharp said during one campaign to gain recruits, A man's first duty is to God that created him, his second duty is to the Union Jack that protected him, and his third duty is to his home. That is the proper relation. If Great Britain had stated of the struggle, I would have been ashamed to have been a British subject. I would sooner see the little property I may own swept away rather than see the British Empire stay out of this struggle. Using his political connections, Sharp ensured that the battalion was not dispersed into other units and remained as one fighting force. In May, the battalion was presented with a field kitchen and a complete set of double harness by the Beale Brothers of Toronto. The ladies of Uxbridge and teachers in use in the area also raised money to provide the battalion with a motor ambulance. The McLaughlin Carriage Company then donated $500 and the Chevy Motor Car Company donated a five-passenger car to help them on their goal. Even though Sharp had wanted to go to the war and raise the battalion, some around him felt he was just a politician going to war and would be home soon. On July 24, 1916, the unit sailed for England on the RMS Olympic, arriving in Liverpool the next week. They spent the next few months training in England. In February 1917, the unit was sent to France to begin fighting in the war. Sharp remained as the commander of the battalion, including at the Battle of Vimy Ridge. Corporal A.C. Savage, who lost his arm at Vimy Ridge, said, He was the finest colonel in all France. I lost my right arm at Vimy Ridge in the raid in which Colonel Sharp won his DSO, and he deserved it too. Prior to a raid near Vimy Ridge near Avignon, Sharp wanted to ensure that his men were ready. As a result, he went out the night before into no man's land in the dark and laid strips of white tape down to mark the breaches in the German wire. In the raid, the regiment suffered 25 casualties. His friend, Lieutenant Tom Hutchinson, died from his wounds that he received in the raid. For Sharp, the loss of his friend impacted him badly. Nonetheless, it was a success. The Ottawa Journal wrote, It was by these narrow tape-marked paths winding along the deep wire barriers that the men of Sam Sharp's command reached the enemy positions with few casualties. In late July, Sharp was listed as missing in France, resulting in his brother cabling to England to determine if his brother was alive or not. Within days, it was determined that Sharp was indeed alive, and the confusion was caused by another soldier with a similar name being reported as missing. Sharp had been in hospital for several days dealing with a sickness and was not at the front lines at the time. On August 22nd at Hill 70, his regiment relieved the 27th Battalion in the front line trench. For five days, his men fought in the battle, and in that time, 11 died and 51 were wounded. Then, in October and November, his regiment was at the Battle of Passchendaele, where they suffered 36 casualties. It was Passchendaele he wrote a letter to his wife, stating, The boys are splendid and all face the issue of death with the calmness that is magnificent. I am proud of these boys. Of the 1,145 men that joined the 116th Battalion, 160 remained on active service at the end of the war. And as he led his battalion into battle, Sharp began to struggle with the impact of his military service. In October 1917, he wrote to the widow of Lieutenant Thompson Walton, saying, It is awful to contemplate the misery and suffering in this old world, and were I to allow myself to ponder over what I have seen and what I have suffered through, the loss of the bravest and the best in the world, I would soon become absolutely incapable of carrying on. In December 1917, he returned to England and was awarded the Distinguished Service Order by King George V at Buckingham Palace. That same month, he was re-elected to the House of Commons, despite being on the front lines of France. The Winnipeg Tribune said, 
and utmost enthusiasm prevailed for the candidate and the union government he represents, and everything points to the return of Colonel Sharp by a very handsome majority. Soon after, though, he was hospitalized in what was called general debility. The Vancouver Daily World said, Colonel Sharp did not choose the path of cheap and easy glory. He took the battalion to France, and while it was being tempered and tried as a fighting weapon, worked constantly to make his men fit. In March 1918, he was named as a potential cabinet member when the reorganization of Borden's cabinet was about to take place. By this point, Sam Hughes had long been removed from his position and was believed Sharp would be given the Minister of Militia portfolio. A few weeks later, the Montreal Star reported, Colonel Sam Sharp has had a nervous breakdown and has been sent home to a hospital in England. His condition is not regarded as serious, although it may prevent him attending the session as he had planned. Sharp remained in hospital until late April. In May 1918, Sharp returned to Canada on convalescent leave, but was hospitalized at the Royal Victoria Hospital in Montreal for what was called nervous shock, but what we call today PTSD. It's estimated that 10,000 Canadian soldiers returned home with PTSD from the war. In Montreal, it was said his condition had improved, and he had taken a drive through the city at one point. He did announce his resignation from Parliament, feeling he could not continue in the role. Then, on May 25, 1918, Sharp jumped out of a hospital window to his death. His friend said, It just broke his heart to think of leaving his boys over there without him. A nurse had left the room only moments earlier and stated she had no indication of what he was planning to do. Stuart Lyon wrote, He gave up his life as truly on the field of honour as if he had fallen in action. Some speculated that he could not face going back to Uxbridge and facing the families of his fellow soldiers who he had recruited and who had died on the front lines of France. The funeral for Sharp was the largest in the history of Uxbridge, and the procession was a mile long and included friends, colleagues, and the surviving members of the 116th Battalion. The Montreal Gazette wrote, How popular the dead officer was in his hometown was evidenced by the masses of floral tributes which filled one of the rooms in his residence where the body lay in state and was visited by hundreds of townspeople all morning. It was a full military funeral with gun carriage, firing party, and military band. Dozens of floral arrangements were also set up, bearing messages such as, To my dear daddy's colonel. That wreath was from the child of lieutenant who went overseas with Sharp, but died in the trenches. And despite the size of the funeral, only two members of the government, Hugh Guthrie and H.M. Mowat, attended. Due to the stigma around mental illness and suicide, Sharp was mostly forgotten for the next century. In 1924, a statue was dedicated at Parliament to Lieutenant Colonel George Baker, the only other MP to have died during the First World War in the trenches. Sharp wasn't even mentioned. It wasn't until a century later that things began to change. In 2014, Member of Parliament Aaron O'Toole and Senator Romeo Dallaire inaugurated the Lieutenant Colonel Sam Sharp Veterans Mental Health Breakfast, to raise awareness about mental health issues among veterans and to recognize those who had sought help for their operational stress injuries to lead productive lives. Mr. Speaker, next week is Mental Health Week, and on May 6th, Senator Romeo Dallaire and I will host the Sam Sharp Breakfast, exploring veteran mental health and wellness issues. We'll hear from Tim Laidler, a young Afghanistan veteran who struggled with his mental injuries before attending the Veterans Transition Program, returning to school, and now he helps other veterans as director of that program. We'll hear from Chris Linford, author of Warrior Rising, an inspired story of his family's journey on his road back 
from PTSD. And Sam Sharp himself, Mr. Speaker, was a member of parliament in this place for Ontario North, who served on the battlefields of World War I before returning to Canada, where he took his life struggling with his mental injuries. Mr. Speaker, by remembering Sharp and hearing these inspired story, stories of our veterans for today, we've shown we're coming a long way on the road from stigma. We still have a way to go, but the stories of our veterans will show that there's help out there for them. On November 7, 2018, a bronze plaque in the likeness of Sharp was unveiled in the centre block of Parliament. A life-size statue of Sharp is now on display in Uxbridge across the road from the Cenotaph. In the posture of the statue, Sharp has one foot off the ground. This is the traditional image of someone who died in action. And while he didn't die in battle, today he is considered to have died in battle. In his hand is a letter to Mary Walton, the wife of Thomas Walton, who died on the front lines. And in 2019, the Durham Regional was renamed the Lieutenant Colonel Samuel S. Sharp DSOMP Courthouse. I hope you enjoyed that episode and this season of Canada's Great War. We'll be back in a few months with many more stories to tell. Information from Virtual War Memorial, Canadian Encyclopedia, Uxbridge Historical Society, Wikipedia, Uxbridge Scott Historical Society, Ottawa Citizens, Sioux Star, Montreal Gazette, Edmonton Bolton, and the Berlin News Record. If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, please take a moment and give us a five-star review to help other people find these amazing stories. And there are so many you can sink your teeth into. We also love hearing from you, so if you have a show topic you want me to cover, email me at craig at canadaehx.com or stop by my website and social media. I'll include all of those links in the show notes.